What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Creating Madness. I'm here once again with my good friend and co-host, Ethan. What's happening, Ethan? You know, John, after a lot of technical difficulties and a lot of time off, we are finally back, and we get to recap the transfer portal, and I'm so glad to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing super well. Really excited to talk about all that has been happening since we've been gone. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, to say technical difficulties has been a problem, um, a problem would be an understatement. I would say more of like a cataclysmic disaster. It has not been too good on the technology side of things. We are slowly but surely figuring everything out. Uh, but while we're figuring it out, you know, we're still going to put out this episode and it should be really fun because there's so much that's happened since we haven't recorded. But really quickly, before we get into all of our fun, juicy content, let's talk about the... Uh, the part of this machine that makes the ship float. Ethan, what's happening over on our Twitter? So it's been slow as of lately. However, we are going to ramp this up with lists, pulls, everything over the summer. We have some big ideas. We're going to try and get some more huge interviews this summer. We'll see how everything falls into place. But look out for some great content this summer. All right, and with that being said, let's get into what's happening in the transfer portal. So, Ethan, I'm aware that before we were talking about the show, you wanted to talk about a guy who played at the University of Michigan last year is now playing at Kansas University, Hunter Dickinson. So what happened with him? Why did he leave Michigan, supposedly? And what is that situation going to lead to in the future? So, obviously, as you mentioned, he transferred from Michigan to Kansas, he said on a podcast, or inferred at least, to everything that he was going to be leaving because of NIL money. Supposedly, he made less than six figures. This is a player that realistically should be making a couple hundred grand through NIL money. Being the star that he is, being the online personality that he is, And realistically, he should be fine. However, he was not. And because of that, he's transferring to Kansas, where it's expected that he'll make a couple hundred grand. It's expected that he will be a key piece, which he he will 100% be a starter. They needed a center. This is great for Kansas. They just ship out a couple hundred grand in NIL money. They get a star center that was a former All-American. What do you think, John? Well, I think the situation for Hunter himself is great. You know, he wasn't being paid what at least he thought he was being paid in Michigan. And he went over to Kansas and decided to go to an admittedly better program with a better coach and better funding for their players. So in a Hunter Dickinson's case, I like what he did. But what does this mean for the grand scheme of things? It's not looking good. As Ethan and I talked about before all this NIL stuff happened, we didn't want college basketball to be a pay-to-win. We didn't want that to happen because really what that means is the good teams stay really good and the bad teams who have less money have a harder chance of winning. And when you look at this Hunter Dickinson situation, you might just be thinking, oh, well, it's just some, you know, big-time center going from one big-time school to another big-time school. But when you consider what this means for the rest of college basketball and if smaller funding schools were to get players like Hunter Dickinson and they leave for other schools with more funding, this is really unfair because at the end of the day, if you're a coach of a school that's smaller, you can't control how much money your athletic budget has. You can't control how much money your NIL boosters have. And 
I think this is incredibly unfair to not only the University of Michigan, but college basketball athletics as a whole. Because when we decide that it's okay for players to literally be paid off like they're, you know, in the NBA um, for money and salaries, I find it rather ridiculous and it takes away from what makes this game great, which is, you know, recruiting, going after the right guys and keeping them. You know, I'm okay. I'm all, I'm all good with players leaving after one year to go to the NBA. I'm all good with players leaving to go overseas. I'm all good with players leaving to go to another league to make money. But at the end of the day, really, this just turned into a, a pay-to-win. All of the rich schools are going to get the best recruits, best players in the transfer portal, and all of the poorer schools are just going to get screwed over in the process. So again, Hunter Dickinson, totally don't blame him for taking advantage of this. I personally would do the exact same thing if I was a predicament. I would go from making like 9000 bucks to 200000 any day of the week. No questions asked. But in terms of what this means for college basketball, this is an absolute disaster. And I feel like to some degree we need to start you know, talking about this as a community where this is incredibly unfair. And the sad part is, is that my school is a beneficiary of it. I mean, we have the second highest endowment in the country, University of Texas. But I still don't think it's fair that we can just pay whoever we want to to come here and it'll still end up working out for us. It's not really fair. It doesn't take much talent as your coach to recruit. It just means you have a big booster budget. So I just wanted to rant about that. Uh, I, I thought about it a lot after I saw not only the Hunt Dickinson headlines, but all the other headlines from all the other transfers coming to a lot of rich schools over a lot of poor schools. And I thought it was rather unfair. I but, John, Michigan's not a poor school. This is I just... Ethan? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Sorry, you cut out for a second. Uh, yeah, as you, I, yeah, I said that earlier. Michigan's not a poor school. So in this case, it's a little different because obviously Michigan has a pretty big athletic budget. But, you know, let's hypothetically say Hunter Dickinson was at Ole Miss and they don't have as big an athletic budget, but he goes to Kansas where they give all of their money to basketball. You know, it just seems a little unfair to Ole Miss who literally can't pay him even if they wanted to and he can go to Kansas and make all the money in the world. So it just seems unfair to me. But before you cut out, you're about to say something. So what is that? Well, I was just saying how realistically it's on Michigan. In the age of NIL, you got to have bigger deals. you got to have better deals. And Hunter Dickinson, I'm not going to say it's all on NIL because realistically they underperformed, severely underperformed last year. If I was Hunter Dickinson, I would have wanted out of the situation too where there's not going to be many – you're not going to have another star alongside you next year. I would have wanted out also. So he got out and he's getting more money out of it. But I think that he didn't want to say any other reasons. I think he just wanted to say the money. Yeah. That's what's acceptable right now, which fair, all fair to him. Totally don't play Hunter Dickinson, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, cause this could be a big problem down the road, but let's move on to some lighter news. I would actually like to talk about the university of Texas for about 30 seconds. Uh, we got transfer Max Asmus. If, if some of you guys remember, Max Asmus was the Oral Roberts star who led the 15-seed Summit Champions to the Sweet 16. And for those of you who still don't know how big of a deal that is, uh, the Summit, I believe, has not made it past the round of 32 ever. So he did that by himself, basically. And he's coming to the University of Texas, so I found that pretty exciting. And he was also one of the top recruits in the transfer portal, so... I just wanted to mention that. Ethan, what other transport news do we have? So, Chris Beard goes to Ole Miss after graduation at the University of Texas. 
<laughs> well, Ole Miss in the portal, they, they've been hitting it pretty hard, I'd say. I mean, when you yep. really sit down, Ole Miss transfer, they already been recruiting a lot better in high school-wise. However, kind of pronounce yeah. they add Rodney Howard from Georgia Tech. They had Andrew Taylor from Marshall. And they are on track to potentially have the best season that they've had since early 2010s. Yeah, when um oh my lord, what is his name? The super cocky Ole Miss basketball player. Marshall Henderson. Yeah, thank you. I also blanked. That's why I didn't want to say that. Thank you. Oh, no, I don't know if it's Marshall Henderson. It, okay. Marshall Henderson is right. Never mind. Um, yeah, Marshall Henderson. Uh, yeah, he was really good, but Chris Beard is a better coach, and he was a player almost definitively. So Ole Miss should be great. Ole Miss is looking really good, and it's really, really unfortunate that Chris Beard couldn't stay at Texas, but, you know, we can't win them all. So he's going to have a good time over in uh, Oxford, I'm pretty sure. So. Uh, Another team I wanted to talk about because they arguably have had the best offseason from any team. Going from 3-29, and the California Golden Bears add Jalen Tyson from Texas Tech, Keontae Kennedy from Memphis, Mike Meadows from Portland, <clears throat> uh, and Fardos Amak from Texas Cal might actually be on track to do something good in the landscape of college basketball for the first time and I don't know how long. I mean, they certainly have the pieces, so it's really exciting uh, that this is a possibility for this Cal team to be, you know, coaching is a really big thing in college basketball and, you know, having the right coach and having the right, you know, support pieces around him is important, but at the end of the day, he runs the ship and, it's not like the NBA where you can kind of just have one or two guys and, you know, you're you're cruising right along like the Los Angeles Lakers. So I really hope for Cal State that their coach can get it done. But, you know, it, it, that's that's a big to be determined. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy into the hype until until I really see some some movement from them. Another thing I wanna talk about though was Matthew Cleveland. Yep. And it's nothing particularly like I guess shocking or like breaking, but I found it rather funny. So as some of you may know there is a big rivalry between Florida State University and the University of Miami. And Matthew Cleveland was one of the best players for Florida State last year. I think he averaged 14 points a game. He was an NBA draft prospect. He was really good at shooting threes. Um, and he was overall a super good player. And he talked a lot of smack before playing at the University of Miami multiple times. And has pictures of him putting the U down, as you guys, as some of you may know. Again, uh, Miami has a very famous hand signal where you make a U with your hands, and you know to disrespect them, he pointed it down. Guess where Matthew Cleveland transferred? University of Miami. So now he has to go to school in a place where he routinely disrespected them, and is now throwing up their signal like he's one of them. So I found that pretty funny. Uh, I don't, I don't really know how to put that. It's basically Larry Bird going to Lakers. So I found that pretty funny. Just some interesting college basketball news. Ethan, what else did you see in the portal news? So another winner of the portal I have is the Indiana Hoosiers. You bring in Anthony Walker from Miami, 
he was a backup this past season. However, he's coming in and he's going to be a big piece along with Khalil Ware, who played limited minutes as a freshman and still would have been a first-round pick, but wants to play again to become a lottery pick. As well as Peyton Sparks, who was an all-MAC team. And Indiana brings in three just baller players to make them repeat as a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament. Indiana's doing great things already. Mike Woodson's done a phenomenal job. What about, what about some losers, John? You got any teams that are big losers in the portal? So, I think a team that will be severely negatively impacted by one move they made is the University of Washington Huskies. I was looking at the portal news, and I see they picked up a player by the name of Sophia Wheeler from Kentucky. And I really don't like to hate on individual players. It's not what I like to do, but... Severe Wheeler is just not good for a college basketball team. If you happen to be listening to Severe, I'm sorry. You know, I hope you, I hope you, you know, prove me completely wrong. But what you've done in your time at Georgia and Kentucky has been not good at all. And you know, inefficiency on the offensive end, turnover prone, not very good defense due to a lack of height. And overall, it's produced some really bad point guard play, which is part of the reason why Kentucky didn't do as well they were supposed to in the tournament. He's going to the University of Washington, and in University of Washington's current state, they don't have really any star players. They don't, you know, it's a rebuilding program, newer coach-ish, and not a lot of, you know, high-level players built around. So when we're considering that he is going to be the focal point of that team, I'm going to predict the University of Washington to finish either last or second to last in the Pac-12, just based off one player, because assuming he plays – as much as he has at his past two schools, he's not going to be good. So I thought I'd mention that. I just really didn't like that addition for the University of Washington. And again, he could be a great guy. I've never met him, but I, I really hope he proves me wrong. But you know, from everything I've seen, it's just not 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 doing too good for there. But that's what I saw in the losers section. Ethan, do you have any other losers? Michigan for, obviously, the Hunter Dickinson, but also it was reported that Caleb Love might no longer want to transfer there. Whoa. Uh, This was earlier this week that I saw that on Twitter. I'm not exactly sure how reliable that is. However, if he doesn't want to be there, then what? Yeah, there are just rumors from a Trilly Donovan tweet who's been pretty reliable over the past years on Twitter. I We'll see if it's right. It could be interesting. Obviously, if Harrison Ingram going to North Carolina, and then a big one that I want to shout out is our boy Tyler Perry. Came on the show, balled out, one Conference USA Player of the Year, now is transferring to Kansas State. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um. Really fun having him on the show. Really good, you know, answers from him. We we had a fun interview with him, and now he's now he's doing bigger and better things in the in the real Big Apple, in the little in the little Apple, some people would say in Manhattan, Kansas. So, congrats to him. Really hope he does well there. Yep. And what do you think about Ryan Nemhard to Gonzaga from Creighton? Well, obviously he's following his brother's footsteps. Uh, Andrew Nemhard is now in the NBA, killing it. 
And I think Mark Few is going to do a really good job with him. Obviously, uh, again, his brother went there. So if we're looking at this from a coach's perspective, assuming that, you know, they're point guards and they're going to play the same, this should be really fun for Mark Few. He should be really, really happy with this because Andrew did super duper well at Gonzaga. So you're assuming that they're going to run a similar system to what they had while he was there. And not to mention, you know, you've got, a bunch of really good shooters coming in, guys like Dusty Stromer uh, and some guys who are staying. So if we're looking at this from, is Gonzaga going to be back next year relative to what they usually do? I think the answer is yes. And I think, you know, you're going to get a veteran point guard. You get shooters around him, guys who can score. I think this is going to be a really, really good team again. And a team that, once again, will most likely go to the second weekend and can make a big, big tournament run because you have the veteran point guard, you got the scoring, and... Hopefully you can get some defense because that was kind of their problem last year. They really couldn't guard anyone. So hopefully Mark Few can make some adjustments with that. But I'm really liking this addition for Gonzaga. I think it should be really good for them. Another right. school I want to talk about, though, is Arkansas. And they have done a phenomenal job in the transfer portal, adding what is to be considered two top 25 guys in the portal. Uh, first of which, on the smaller end, is a guy that you guys may have heard of before. His name's Khalif Battle. He was arguably the best player in his conference last year at Temple, and he averaged 18 points a game pretty efficiently. So they're adding him, but the really big addition for this Arkansas team is Tremont Mark from Houston. Tremont Mark is one of the best players in the country, especially on this Houston team that was the number one seed. Obviously, they got upset, which kind of busted my bracket, but... He was still really good for them. He did super well in the tournament, did super well throughout the regular season, and is a freak athlete. Now, he is going to Arkansas, where if they can retain some of their pieces from last year's team and stay healthy, the must-bust will be will be going really deep in the tournament once again. They always find a way to win in the tournament, despite maybe being under or not having you know the star players they want to play due to injuries, but... I mean, this this team is going to be so good next year. I'm so excited to watch Tremont Mark and Khalif battle along with the rest of their team go at it. Trayvon Brazil is coming back after a torn ACL. I mean, this team is going to be a bunch of freak athletes. It's going to be super fun to watch. All right, and moving away from the portal, I'm curious. I mentioned it briefly. Ronnie committed to USC. Yes. This is a player who has a four- or five-star valuation, depending on the Realistically, he's a top 30 player, top 50 player in class. He's going to a place where he's going to get some playing time. He'll be close to his dad. How do you think he does this freshman year? Obviously, this is a player who's going to have the biggest spotlight on him just for his name, just for everything that's going around him. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, that's a tough question to ask. I mean... You have to consider who's coming back. You have to consider if Reese Dixon Waters is coming back. You have to consider if Boogie Ellis is coming back. You have to consider if Drew Peterson's coming back. And if one to none of these guys are coming back, I think you can make a really, really big role here. Uh, Keep at- in mind, Isaiah Collier also committed there. I forgot about that. This is true. So, uh, Isaiah Collier committed there. So, he's going to be playing with him there. Realistically, will Bronny start? That's up in the air. But will Bronny have a contributing role in this team? Yes. 
And based on what I've seen, which to be completely honest isn't much, but from the limited information I'm aware of about Bronny James, he seems to be pretty legit in the sense that he shouldn't be a top five player, not even top 10 player in his class, but he is deservingly a top 30-ish player in his class. So the question is, does he play like it? Does he play like a top 30 player who is going to be a four-year college player and not really do much in the NBA? Or is he going to play like a top 30 player who is underrated? No one really knows a good Bronny James is because you can't really get a good read on him because some people say he's the next LeBron. Other people say he's going to be working at McDonald's in four years. So realistically, we don't know. But from what I know, he's a freak athlete with great court vision and the best player in the world right now is his dad. So I think he's going to do pretty well. Is that he's going to do a lot? No, but I think he is going to contribute solidly on the team at minimum. At maximum, he's leading the team. Because his dad is his potential. That's so, too bad, but I I think I'm I'm looking on the optimistic side of Bronny. So John Boogie Ellis is returning. You have Isaiah Collier coming in. You have DJ Rodman transferring in from Washington State. This is going to be a very interesting team. The USC has all the potential in the world. Indian Field has gotten many, 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 many talented players, and arguably he has the most talent on his team this upcoming season. Yes, it's very true. Not to mention, Trey White is coming back, and there's going to be a lot of guys in this backcourt. But Bronny's going to have a whole summer to get ready, and you know, hopefully he can, make a, he can carve out a role for himself because there is a lot of talent here. Assuming that we do see him playing, though, means one of two things. Number one, he's the coach is kind of forced to play him because he's LeBron James' son. Or, hopefully, number two, he's beat out a lot of these really high-level guards and is, is willing enough to play. So, I think if we don't see him play, it's for a reason. But if we do see him play, we still have to be a little, you know, a little pessimistic almost about why he's playing. But... Hopefully, it's because he's really earned it. And I'm really curious to see what this is like last year. I'm pretty sure USC is going to have almost as many people watching them every game as, you know, when Lonzo Ball is at UCLA. So, I hope I, I hope to see him play. But you really never know with uh, how many good players they have coming in. Well, John, I think that's all I have, unless you have any other big portal things that you want to talk about right now, seeing as we really can just go over everything over the next couple of weeks until we settle down into your summer break and mine. Well, I don't have anything pressing me currently. I think we covered all the big topics, and I think we should be back here next week. So uh, thank you guys for listening to this midweek upload. Uh, pretty funny timing we have here on this Wednesday morning, but – you know, I always have a blast doing this. I think Ethan did too. And thank you guys for listening. So we will see you guys next time we record, which to be completely honest with you guys is to be determined, but we will see you then. So thank you for listening. That's all for me. See ya. See ya.